Hello, I'm Jenny Thomas. And I'm Nick Heath, and welcome to Jenny Thomas Talks About Child Bereavement for the Angus Lawson Memorial Trust. As a journalist friend and someone who lost a parent in my teenage years, my role in this series is to ask Jenny to share with us some stories, insight and guidance as to what's useful for anyone who is grieving or supporting someone who is bereaved. As a leading figure and pioneer in child bereavement, Jenny is the patron of the Angus Lawson Memorial Trust. On these podcasts, Jenny will share what children and parents have said was so important to them at this most difficult time in their lives. I hope you'll find what I've got to say and share with you beneficial. If you find any areas of what we discuss particularly difficult, I do encourage you to seek out a family member, friend or counselling professional who is able to listen and be supportive. Jenny is regretfully unable to respond to any individual requests for support or counselling. But for more information on the Angus Lawson Memorial Trust, visit almt.org. And if you'd like further resources, you can head to Jenny's website on jennythomas.com or view the links in the podcast description. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Jenny Thomas Talks About Child Bereavement. If you've been listening to previous episodes, then we hope that you found the discussions helpful. If you're finding the series beneficial to you, then please do let us know via the email in the introduction or by leaving a comment on iTunes. Today, we're fortunate to be joined by Karen. Jenny has supported Karen and her children for the last two years following the death of her husband Leon in an accident. And in today's episode, Jenny will be talking to Karen about what happened, the support Jenny provided, and how Karen and her children have managed. So, Jenny and Karen, hello. Hello. Thank you, Karen, for being here today. Um, I want to just explain, Nick, something that's important around understanding talking about traumatic loss. Very often people can't bear to ask and don't want to know what happened because they feel that the bereaved person is going to find it so upsetting that it's going to be much harder for them. Mm. But in actual fact, providing it's done sensitively and caringly, it's important to ask and to help a bereaved person who's been through something really shocking just to tell you about it. So perhaps, Karen, you could start by explaining how you got in touch with me. I was aware from the beginning that at some point we would definitely need some help. I was potentially very unsure with the children about when the right time would be. So initially, I think it was when it was the right time for me to see somebody. Mm-hmm. I through knowing about you already um, from the child bereavement charity that you set up. I lost uh, one of my twins, Jack, in 1994, the year that you started the charity. And I um, followed, well, since then, really, um, and was always really inspired by what you'd done and how you'd helped so many people. So um, it was through a very close uh, friend that uh, sent me a link to your website. Mm. So as soon as I as soon as I received that and saw your name, obviously I it gave me a comfort because I knew about you, what you you know what you'd done and how you'd helped other people, perhaps in a different situations, but nevertheless to help them with loss. Mm. And that was initially, I think, what was the turning point for me just to reach out. 
And uh, do, you, do you remember how much uh, how long after the accident? Do you remember roughly? Yes, it was about six months afterwards. I The summer when I lost Leon, I had read a book um, which I'd found really helpful. And in the book, the author had said that he thought he had had perhaps counselling too early Um, and so there was a lot within his book that I could really relate to and so I just listened to that and and, and understood that there was no rush and that I should just wait until I felt that it was that I needed to do it. Yes yes and and for the children were you thinking about yourself and the children or or what did you feel was the priority? I think the priority for me was how I could help the children because I, in that situation, you very much feel that your life's been turned upside down and you, I just really didn't know how best to help the children. Mm. And I've definitely felt that that was the support that I needed from, from you really initially. And then I felt that I could probably feel more stable myself through knowing that I was doing the right thing. I, th- I think them. you rang, didn't you? Or did you email me? I think you rang me, did you? I think I emailed you first mm-hmm. and then you very sweetly replied and we immediately had a phone conversation, which was uh, really, really helpful, I think, to have that human contact straight away and we chatted on the phone and I explained what had happened and then you invited you explained about what what you what you do for families and how you could potentially help and then we arranged to meet and I sort of explained I think that I work for my home and um, you would come for an hour and a half roughly and that um, we could take it from there I don't work sort of every week and I, I I expect I told you that yes and I I felt from the very beginning that I liked the the lack of 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 structure in a way um I've never really been a big fan of of counseling in the in the bigger sense I've um I genuinely knew that I needed help with this um but I think my attitude towards it before um was that I just didn't want to walk into a room and it be slightly clinical or me have to just sit down and be expected to to talk um it be a one-way street I really needed it to be more of a conversation and to come to your house and into into your world um just made it much easier and Mm. softer a softer place to be and I remember actually that we spent quite a bit of time getting to know each other. Just Jen, you know, tell you told me about the children and their ages, because they, they were quite a variety, big variety of ages, starting with twelve right up to twenty-one, wasn't it? Yes, so, that's right. Yeah. And then I do remember that you um, were. I felt more in a place to tell me about what had actually happened. So I wonder if you could tell me, do you remember that conversation and how we began to talk about what happened to Leon? Yes, it was an ordinary day. My husband, Leon, went out in the car. I didn't know where he was going, which was fine. And within a couple of hours, there had been the road, our road was closed and there had been an accident on the lane. Um, it unfolded and I realised that it was Leon that had the accident. Um, I was then rushed to John Radcliffe in Oxford uh, in a very fast police car uh, where we were taken to um, the trauma unit and waited for news about what was happening. And how aware were you of the severity of what happened, Karen? 
I think I immediately went into a state of feeling quite numb, um, not really believing what was happening or that it could be possibly true. Um, it was quite a while until I actually saw him. And I think perhaps until I actually saw him, it didn't seem real at all. I talked to one of the nurses outside the unit. I wasn't sure whether to contact Leon's family. I was kept asking, you know, how serious is it? And I was, I was waiting for the word critical. I felt that if it was the word critical, then I would know that potentially he might not make it and I'd need, definitely need to contact the family. Um, but that was a word that just wasn't used. Can you remember what words were used? Seriously ill. Not okay. ill, sorry, no, no. Um, seriously injured. So when and how did they communicate to you that things weren't going well? We were waiting. We had to go to the family room. Um, that was quite difficult, just walking into the room with all the prayer books, etc. Um, Did that tell you that something was going on? Yes, very much so. Um, and then we were told of the extent of, of his injuries. And there was, a, there was definitely a feeling that they were unsure. It was definitely serious and they were unsure about whether he was going to make it or not. I didn't ask that question directly, but I just felt that for sure. And who were you there with at that time? With my second son um, and Leon's father and stepmother were there too. And then time passed and Leon was in the hospital for a further 48 hours. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Um, he was operated on for an awfully long time, um, about seven hours. Um, and then he was taken to intensive, the intensive care unit where we were able to see him. Um, it, we knew it was still touch and go. Um, he was going to go back into the theatre the next morning. We, I had obviously by then called all his family and um, everybody arrived. And we all spent time with him through that first night and into the first day. He went back into theatre. Um, they came out and said the operation had gone well. So there was a certain um, point where we felt quite optimistic. And then things started to go wrong, basically. And then within a few hours on that day, we realised that they let us know that his injury was not survivable. So what came next for you, Karen, at that point? The biggest thing for me was the children, um, trying to understand what, which, you know, how to deal with that situation. Um, I was, I was and had been in this scenario already. I was already on the journey. And for the children, they didn't really have any idea of the severity because I didn't want them to. Um, and so I talked to the staff in that moment of finding out um, about the best thing to do. But I knew, I think, because of the nature of our family, that the children needed to be there. They needed to come and see him. He looked so handsome, exactly the same as he always had done, not a cut really. Um, so he was absolutely their daddy. And I decided that they should come the next morning and say goodbye and be there when the machines were turned off and spend that time, precious time with us. We should all be together as a family. How did you know what to say? <sighs> it was um, definitely the most difficult moment of my life. Um, sorry, I'm going to get emotional now. I, um, I tried not to think too much about what to say. Um, 
I remember going going up um, to meet them in the um, foyer of the hospital, and they were so excited to see me because I hadn't seen them for 48 hours. Um, I took them into a, a room. I can't remember who was there. My mum was definitely there. And I just can't really remember what I even said, but mm. I, I tried to... Um, I just explained to them that they that daddy had you know daddy had had a really bad accident and that he was not going to be able to come home and that we had to say goodbye my oldest son was actually out of the country in South America so he was desperately trying to travel back to get back um my second son Tom was actually with me the whole time from the act moment of getting into the police car um and he, he so he was a constant throughout throughout um and the younger two um yes they were very shocked obviously mm. um and and very very upset i i talked to them about the fact that daddy was um looked exactly the same but he did have lots of tubes and that they shouldn't be frightened about that um and that if they didn't want to go and see him to say goodbye they didn't have to but that if they wanted to go in and out they could go in and out as many times as they wanted and um they both went in and spent a lot of time with him, talking to him, kissing him, um, telling him stories. It was incredibly moving. You had this couple of hours with him and all the family, didn't you? Tell us a bit more about that. Yes, when we um, when they kindly um, gave us a room and Leon went into a, a room and we were immediate friends and family and we told stories, um, anecdotes about, Leon anything special that someone wanted to say and we listened to music we took it in turns to choose a piece of music that reminded um, us of him uh, there was laughter obviously a lot of tears uh, the children all wrote notes to him and um, and were constantly talking to him they also um, they also took um, strands of their hair and the nurse um, sellotaped them over his his heart and it was the most moving experience and such a precious time for us as a family to have that with him and to actually we were together even though it was such a sudden thing we were still able to be with him when he actually left. Who helped you at the hospital Karen? The music and the placing hair on Leon? The, the team at the hospital um, were incredible. They made us feel that it was however we wanted it to be. Um, and music was a huge thing for Leon and also was and still is for all of us as a family. And so there were so many, there were so many songs that reminded each of us um, of him and so many stories. He was a huge character. Um, so there was plenty of material. It's so heartening hearing that the professional staff were able to be so supportive of you and to offer the ideas they did. It's part of what I've spent a lot of my working life helping professionals to do and also to see that we need to be led by bereaved people, bereaved parents who tell us what it is that matters. So so what came next? Initially, life changed overnight. Um, we were a really happy family and suddenly there was a whole new path that I had to try and work out for, for, for all of us. And I think initially it was about just being able to feel that I could stand um, and, and begin to cope with 
with the newness of everything. I can really hear how enormous it was just to be able to do just the ordinary things, just being able to survive, really. It feels so, so big. I'm also really aware of how instinctively you knew how to be with your children. I remember you saying that to me in maybe after we got to know each other a little and um, that was what really gave me um, just a self-belief, I suppose, that I was helping them and doing the right thing. I remember you just being so open and listening to me and I felt that I could always be so honest. It didn't matter what it was that I felt and I think I've said to you before, sometimes I'd be driving here and I wouldn't have any I'd be thinking what am I going to talk about today and then we just start to talk and chat and then things would come out that I didn't even realize I was going to talk about or that I didn't realize were perhaps as big as as they actually were and that I needed mm. to talk to you about it and you were always never judgmental but always just supportive or would would just help and advise me on on that particular thing or situation Yes, it was easy, actually. It was easy to help you because you were so open. You wanted to find a way through helping your children and you wanted to do what was good for them. And you really knew you didn't really need me to tell you anything. But it's like I I was a sounding board. You know, I could say, well, I think that was really so helpful for whichever child you were talking about. I I believe that, I do believe in that. I believe very much in my heart that parents know their children best and that I wouldn't want to tell you how to be with your children. And I think my role is to be supportive and maybe sometimes to say, well, perhaps you could have done it this way or maybe you might have mentioned this. Yes. But I do trust, I do trust that you knew how to be. And my goodness, listening to what you've just told me about in the hospital, you absolutely followed what you knew as a mummy. You knew how to be their mum in such a terrible, terrible situation. I think, I think instinctively, I think though that what really helped me when I came to see you was that you made me feel that I wasn't going mad and mm. that I um, grief I've learned can make you feel quite unhinged um, and you don't really know whether you're doing things in the right way, whether you're coping. Um, at any given moment, it can just take you over um, and it, it can f really feel like you're losing your mind. And for me to have the ability to help the children, I needed to understand that it was okay to feel like that. And mm. I feel that that's what talking with you really helped me with, which has then helped me to be the right mother and, and support the children in the right ways. Yes. And of course, because you were telling me about what you were doing, you could hear how you were doing it and how well it how how well you were doing you know i didn't think you needed me to tell you you were telling me about it i was always really interested in your way of mothering i found it you know well just a good word i was just really interested so i love to hear how you were i remember um 
just wanting wanting you to know the children wanting mm. you to and I remember playing you videos of Leon because I just wanted you to know him I mean now I feel like you do know him even though yes, you don't do. um but but it, that was really important to me to to give you an understanding of of of, of who he was um what a huge role he played in our family um what was missing um and also each of the children and and their characters and that was why it was so very helpful to me and to all of us that you that you agreed to see the children uh, and all of us together which was a massive thing for me Um, yes you were very you knew that very very strongly didn't you that you felt you didn't want to go off and be seen by somebody and your children have counseling with somebody else and I think didn't you say that one of the children contacted a charity and yes it was quite soon after um Leon had died far too soon probably for us actually to have help but nevertheless very sweet of him to to reach out to the charity um but I was rather put off as they said that they would not be able to see me and the children well they they could arrange for different people to see the children and someone else to see me and my the only thing I did know at that point was that that was not going to work for me or for us as a family because I knew that in order for us to heal and hopefully to move forwards we needed support together as a to find you know we had to find out our new family unit now. yeah yeah Um, and I, I think that's I mean from from my perspective it's one of the things that you instinctively knew to do really helpfully and I've seen lots of families together over the years that I've been doing this work and it's always been the right thing to do if especially if it's led I don't normally say that's what I'll do I explain that it can be helpful for children to be seen together with their the surviving parent and that I would willingly do that I also do think that coming to your home and for children not to have to be in a strange environment to yes, come and just yeah, be in definitely. their own home. And I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I was looking forward to meeting your children. I didn't know them obviously at all. And you talked a lot about them. So I, it was lovely. It was a really nice experience. And um, I could feel that everyone was obviously nervous. It was such a big thing to do, wasn't it? It was. I, I, I just slightly going back to what you were saying a moment ago I just really actually don't think that the children would have sat down with somebody if I had driven them somewhere and not you know pushed them into a room together even though they're not you know they were from teenage into early 20s nevertheless I don't feel it would have been something that they would have a agreed to or b definitely wanted to do um the fact that you came to the house and that I was there um and I had had already talked to them about you and how much I trusted you and I think they could already see how you were helping me and so for them then I think it was easier for them to be open they didn't really know what was going to happen no uh obviously I mean neither did I but you you just dealt with everything perfectly it was very tough incredibly emotional lots of tears lots of tears yes and everyone shared each and each each child in their own way um and you you did amazing things you brought objects a tray of objects I remember and each of us had to pick something that reminded us of Leon and then talk a little bit about why but you never put any pressure on anybody and if anyone hadn't wanted to speak then they knew it was okay Mm. but everyone did speak um and the tree 
drawings I think that was really really good too um quite surprising for me also to see in with with one or two of the children the emotions that they were feeling that I wasn't actually aware of yes because you learn don't you you don't know until you are in a situation like that you don't really know how how the children are children will want to protect you you want to protect them and it's quite it's quite a brave thing for a bereaved parent to bring their children into that environment and to be able to listen to them and feel like it's okay say what well, say whatever you you want to this lady is someone I go to I would like you to feel you can talk to her so you gave them permission you definitely gave them permission and they were all different of course children yeah. are you know mm. from a, 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 a little 12 year old right through to an adult man you know it was just a very very nice very nice way of getting to know your family and the bit I'm smiling now but I do remember I was concerned how you all were afterwards because I felt it had been very draining and um, probably me I felt very drained but very pleased with how it had gone and I just wanted to check you were all right and you said um, no actually what happened was I asked at the end of the session what you were going to be doing didn't I and I was very pleased to hear that you were going to go to the pub for lunch (laughs) and then we sort of laughed when I asked you afterwards how it was and you said oh it was lovely you know we were all together we went on talking about it and it was a it was a very good thing to have done yeah definitely I I think and then this when we saw you again a couple of months later in fact because the children had things on um we all went sort of our separate ways afterwards yes. and I think we all found it quite difficult yeah. um so I definitely wouldn't recommend that I think to 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 experience that time together and then to go and do something together afterwards it was a, a very very important and so um I think the last time we we saw you we again we all hung out together afterwards yes it's something to do I've learned this actually from children particularly if children get into talking about very difficult things they don't normally want to stay with it for very long it's too difficult we're a bit better at it as adults but children and young people like your children you know won't want to stay with the pain for too long and they want to go and do something that's nice but they don't necessarily want to leave you yes I think it's and each other together. yeah together definitely yeah so yeah, I, really I knew important. that I knew that that would uh, I always think about it as sort of like putting some blossom on a tree when you've been talking about something very difficult what's the What's the blossom you're going to put on now when you leave? And you need to leave after you've opened things up with a child or children. You need to leave them time to settle and to be okay and to find their self and to move back into their world because they all want to do that. You know, so it's it's not just something you can do and then move on quickly from. Yeah. 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 So I, I... I'm not at all surprised that you managed it so helpfully. From my perspective, just seeing you over this last two years, I can see lots of changes and I can see that you've moved in a way that you perhaps aren't even aware yourself. Although coming to the last session we had together, um, you were just back from holiday. Do you remember? Yes. And... um, well, do you want to say how you felt coming back from that holiday? Yes, I I feel that it, it's things that re- repeated um, experiences, like, for example, going on holiday. And 
I last summer we would we did go away and this summer when we got back I just remember feeling I I felt stronger this time I remember last year coming back and feeling very very overwhelmed um and vulnerable yes and that I was back in you know back into having to like find my strength again you know keep going pick myself up um and you do feel I think very much when you've lost someone so close that you just keep going. You're just in that day. You just get through that day. And I think when you go away somewhere else for a break of some kind, that's when you really come back and it's everything, the reality hits of actually what is happening. And you very much have to step back into it. Um, Which I think, yeah, it's it's definitely, it is really difficult. But I did feel still quite overwhelmed this year, but just a little more able to cope cope with everything I think I could see I could see you did feel stronger I also think people don't recognize how all change when you've had a bereavement especially a bereavement that's so dramatic as yours you know everything that's a change after that is something you have to try and manage differently to how you were before it you were bereaved you know all the changes mm. even if you go on a lovely holiday you have to leave your home that's big and then you have to come back into the reality of what you're going to have to face until you leave again so all change is difficult when we've had um, a bereavement and also for children you know young people and children feel it too I think you feel obviously the empty spaces I mean Liam and I were together for 20 years and I knew him I've known him virtually all my life as a, as a friend prior to that and we had a great team relationship um, in terms of, of running the family Leon did all the cooking he was you know had done an amazing job doing up the house he was very much managed the whole house department so that I was able to to run a, a business and then grow and start two other businesses in fact um the year that he died and you've um, actually managed to stay working haven't you even though you've had to manage this enormous loss yes i it's been really helpful i think when when again when you lose somebody so close you realize i i can't remember exactly when i it was dawned on me that i could no longer be the woman that I was when yes. he was there, I I couldn't be her anymore. And that was, I think, also something to grieve. Mm. Um, but also the challenge of, of who, who am I supposed to be now? But having the businesses, having the children, um, helped me to at least continue with part of myself because I I love, I love what I do, um, adore the children, obviously. And so I gained... I think strength from that and that helped me to cope with initially just starting again. Um, But there are of course a whole lot of new changes. The children are growing up. Yes. They'll move on in their lives um, and you have got this new you to try and find out what what does matter to me? What do I want to do with myself? You've talked about writing. Yes. Wasn't that something Leon wanted you to do? Yeah, Leon always said that I should write and I do love writing, but I, and I really feel I will write. I, with four children and businesses, obviously there hasn't been much spare time, but now that the, I think because of what I've been through, not just losing Leon, but also losing a child, I, 
am very much I want everything to have some kind of purpose the the yeah. loss and sadness that I've had in my life I would I would like to try and use that to try and help other people if I can who who are equally having to deal with a horrible situation it's I interesting actually because you just said of, that you've lost a child and that was your eldest son was a twin wasn't he yes and there yes. was a little baby jack that yes. you lost all those years ago so you had you knew about grief but it's a very different grief I imagine isn't it to losing a husband it is yes ab- absolutely um with when I lost Jack and Jack and um, Xavier are identical so in a way that's amazing because I look at Xavier now and I know that I would have another son that would look exactly the same um I think that you're grieving for something you're grieving for the person that you're not going to know that is not going to be allowed to grow up and experience life obviously yes. yeah. losing my husband in his 50s um was monumentally different um still in it's still because he was only 50 it was Mm. all the things that he was going to miss particularly I I I struggled a lot with that in fact I the one of the I remember going through a long time where the thing I hated most about it was what he that he wasn't here yes that that he couldn't share it and And he couldn't see when the children did something amazing he couldn't see that or said something funny or were just gorgeous he just was missing all of that and I just that was that was very difficult for me but equally just knowing that person for 37 years just makes it a huge vacuous space really. I, I'm, I'm just um, wanting to ask you a bit about how you felt physically because I think you'd looked after yourself quite well didn't you from a physical point of view I knew that I just needed to keep myself physically okay because of the children yes um, I, I lost a lot of weight um, I drank a lot um but that was my way of cope that was my way of coping i mean have I you tra- managed to to not keep drinking a lot or was that damaging for you i it was only really in the last few months when i decided that the helpful the helpful part of drinking was to make things blurry which i think that was what i needed in order just to get through to get through to get through and then more recently i've wanted to be clear uh, and maybe I needed to be strong enough to be able to, to, to be to, clear yeah exactly to dare to yeah. look at what but don't really I was. just say just don't torture yourself about those things it's okay and hmm. my family I know were concerned but in the end they knew that hopefully when I was ready I could you know I could stop look after could, yourself yeah look after myself more but on the whole you know not only for the children but for I have a lovely team of girls that work for me I manage people's careers I had people that needed me to be okay yes yeah um, very much and that was quite a good pressure mm, I think it was and I but you did pilates and there were lots of things as I listened to you I felt like you really had quite a lot holding you had lovely friends and you have family you have the things that we need and I also remember how much you talked to people that were close to you about Leon and about how you shared so much so you weren't isolated in your grief were you no definitely not and I 
almost it wasn't planned, but we, we still do talk about him all the time, about yes. something that happened, something he said, or someone will suddenly say, God, do you remember when Leon happened on holiday, when Leon used to do that? Um, and he is very, still very current in our, in our Leon minds. Um, I, just talking about Pilates, that has been really helpful for me because in that moment, those hours of doing that, I'm just concentrating on my breathing and literally that gives me a, a time just to shut down. I also found massage really helpful. I had a mass- massage every week. I feel like the lack of, Liam and I were quite tactile. Yes, yeah, the physical um, touch. Yeah, and really the most simple things of just, you know, a touch or a, someone, you know, us holding hands for two minutes or... Yes. Um, it is, a, it is yeah, very difficult that losing that, the affection and, and just the, just literally, like you say, the touch. And someone who's completely interested in you. You know, that's what usually we lose when we lose a partner. The person that you go and talk to at the end of the day, you share stories, you know, as well as all the other things you share about how, what your business is doing or how his, what he's doing. But, you know, those things that you share together, you, you no one else share, you, do you share them with in the no, same way, no. do you? And I think it's a lot of the unspoken things that you realise when you lose someone. If You know, lots of people are apart for a certain amount of time. They might be away on business or whatever. But in your subconscious, you just know they're there. They're still there. Um, and I think inevitably a lot within a marriage, you're, you are, you know, Leon was my rock and to suddenly have that, you know, taken away, um, you're kind of floating somewhere until you, and and have to try and, and find a way to put your feet back on the ground without that. I remember very well, actually, how, and you've spoken a bit today about it, how you struggled with facing the reality, although you were very aware of what had happened it was hard to say he died you know um he just wasn't there anymore you know he's just left I think you said he left at the hospital yes um and one of the things that I try and do with the people I support is helping them very gently face the reality that they life their life that they knew it has changed forever and the person use real words they've really died and, you know, I think that's quite an important part of supporting someone over a period of well, quite a long time. I think so. I, I think that um, you, I remember you, you teaching me that um, a positive way to grieve was to be in a place where I could remember Leon and in a positive way and laugh about things and and yes accept the fact that physically he isn't here I think you go through a huge period of denial yes that's probably a better word where it just doesn't you can't it's It's too big isn't it I mean it still is sometimes I mean (laughs) on even on holiday there were moments with with our friends um where it literally was I mean, still can't believe he's not here. And I think think a little bit of that, it it will always feel like that. But I don't expect him to walk through the door anymore, obviously. And uh, that in itself takes time. We say obviously for some people, um, you know, they need help to believe that. Um, It takes time and it's hard hard work grief and it's exhausting. Um, I, I know I'm also 
aware we haven't talked about, and I know we did talk about it, but I just want to say something now. Do you remember feeling anxious? Because you sound like you managed so well, but I know you weren't always in that place. No, there's been a lot of anxiety. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a roller coaster ride, really. Mm. Um, and I think also, going back to the book that I read, I... I, uh, ben writes in it that you just have to give in to grief because she's going to get you anyway. Yes. And I felt I really listened to that and I thought I just have to allow, allow this to happen. There's no point in trying to fight it. Um, immediately that comes to my mind, you taught me about the place of loss and the restorative. Yes. And it's quite hard going to that place of loss. And sometimes I just didn't want to go there when I was drive here, maybe in the first few times. And I think, Oh, am I even doing this? I don't want to go there. I don't want to feel that horrible pain, but actually you can't be restorative all the time and put the face on and be okay. It's not real. You have to go to that place and, and, and learn to experience and accept, um, that that person is no longer here. And and from that, you can feel braver and more able to be there for your children and and for yourself. And I'm sure that life will unfold in a way you have no idea at the moment. But I expect because you're looking at yourself and what you need and able to put, well, hopefully you're going to be moving forward in what does Karen need, what 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 is the real her now this new lady you know i think that will be very very helpful for the rest of your life um yeah well a fascinating listen uh sitting here listening to the two of you and karen we are really grateful thank you so much i mean jenny listening to to what karen's been through and obviously you know her very well from having having given her support over the last little while how typical are the sorts of things that, that Karen's talking about in terms of people that, that have lost a partner? I suppose everyone is really unique. So um, there are lots of things that um, Karen has talked about and her children have talked about that I know and I've heard before. But there also are unique things that um, I haven't heard before and I find really important to constantly remember that we are all different there's no right way to do grief mm. there isn't it's um you it you do as you must you know and you behave as you must and some people wouldn't relate to this particularly and others would pick out bits that they think that was me and that was me but not everybody does it in the same way and some of us had put it on hold for a very long time before we can do what Corin has managed to do. And so I guess actually some of your work in hearing from different people and the different things and different ways it's affected them have, have given you the rich tapestry of, of stories and experience that you've had. Yes, I, everything I know, uh, absolutely everything I know has come from the families I've met and the, 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 their brave way of sharing what is often a nightmare. What would he make of you doing this today? I think you'd be proud. Karen, thanks very much. Thank you.